0: Conrad, I am super pumped. I probably yelled that way too loud, but I'm so excited because in 13 days, I get to see
1: you face-to-face. It's going to be great. I just moved my flights a day earlier because I'm so excited to see you. True story.
0: So I will be seeing you in Chicago for Tech Show. Listeners, if you're going to be in Chicago for Tech Show, please say hello. And if you're not currently, you're on the fence about Tech Show, check it out. I just did an interview with uh, Victor Lee for the ABA Journal. If you're a member, you can read my preview of Tech Show. We're going to talk specifically about what Conrad and I will be presenting on a Tech Show. But what else are we talking about today, Conrad? All right, we've got some crazy news. AI in the
1: news all over the place, uh, including 100 Billion dollar change in market cap. So, we're going to get into that. So, stay tuned for the AI news. We're going to do our tech show for you, which is going to be all the things that you and I are talking about. And finally, and for those of you listening, when we were doing the pre production on this, I completely triggered Guy with the word expensive. So, the final segment is Are Google Ads too expensive? And while we're talking about money, what do you have to do? You have to have money to make the world go round, Mr. Lockwood. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice. Here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. It's time for the news. All right, Gee. I talked about $100 billion in market cap. The AI search wars have begun. Google came out with its answer to ChatGPT perhaps a little prematurely. They arrogantly or cleverly called it BARD. So one of the, the, the rubs on ChatGPT was it writes like an eight-year-old. Well, Google is naming theirs after good old William Shakespeare, the BARD. But what happened? Share the funny ha ha that lost uh, Google 100 billion in market cap.
0: Well, now you can, as Conrad mentioned, you can get your search results in poetic song with Bard. But seriously, during the announcement, one of the one of the things I don't think I don't know if this is a hundred billion dollar mistake, but you know the example that they used had factually incorrect information. So while they're talking about how awesome it is, uh, it's spitting out bad information. And in fairness, ChatGPT does the same thing. You know, some of this is like a very interesting, like, sociological, philosophical thing to be watching. How the expectations of the humans of the machines at scale is like super funny because there's the, you know, of course, like everything else, half the group's like ban chat GPT. No lawyer should ever use chat GPT. And then the other side of it is, oh, I'm going to chat GPT everything. I'm never going to touch a client file again. And of course, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But yeah, it's here. It's beyond just the, uh, you know, law practice, right? Big mistake by Google. I'm, I'm not too worried about Google figuring this out.
1: Well, I think the interesting thing, like what was the mistake on the launch, a hundred billion dollar mistake. No. And by the way, that represents 7% of Google's market cap. That's that's not insignificant. My take on that 7% loss in market cap is more that it is a Google's response to this, however botched it may be, but the fact that they had to respond to this indicates the fear that is being felt in Mountain View about this new way that people may actually be looking for information. No doubt. I see that as a as a much bigger deal and yeah, It remains fairly fascinating. Now, Google has, again, delivered some new guidance on AI content. We'll make sure that we put that new guidance in our show notes.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before. So the last time we recorded was prior to this most recent guidance, because this comes from February 8th. But essentially they give you a deeper breakdown of different ways you might use chat GPT. And it comes back to the same thing. It's classic Google, right? You can use AI as long as it's for users and humans and it's got, it's expert content, right? Okay. Thanks Google. Very helpful. Right. So, and then of course the question of can they actually detect it and the fight, the war of detecting. But I think to the, to the point here is, is like, it's a signal that it's not a fight of whether or not you're going to get these chat-based results. It's just a matter of how and when. And um, you know, to your point, though, between ChatGPT and TikTok, this is the first time probably in 20 years that Google's had something significantly challenge them. Okay. Yeah,
1: I. I that is what I felt the day that I saw this. Okay. So speaking of AI, there's been a big blow-up between do-not-pay and a woman in Seattle, my, my hometown of Seattle, Catherine Tucson, who I have to note describes her Twitter handle as good in a crisis and at no other time. And boy, oh boy, does she deliver on this. Gee, what's going on in this spat that was covered fairly extensively by Bob Ambrosi?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not going to parse everything in here, but it looks like formal complaint against do not pay for fraud there's a lot more to this story, and we're not going to go into all the details of it. But, you know, I think it's this is a legal technology. I think it's valid news item for lunch hour legal marketing, and people should know what's going on. But check out Bob's interview on Law Next, and check out—we'll put a link to uh, some of the threats Catherine's on on Twitter. But at the intersection of law practice and technology, this story lives, and so we've thought appropriate to bring up.
1: Some good muck raking, I believe— <laughs> Brought to you by Guy and Conrad. It's a muck ragging yeah. Hey, Guy, the latest thing in the news, using fruit snacks to generate great reviews from, was it jurors, I think? This is from Chris no. Finney?
0: Yes, Chris Finney, you are a genius. Absolute so, genius, we love this. Go, read it out, because it's so uh, funny. Yeah, so it's on LinkedIn. We'll put a link in the show notes. But essentially what happened was, Chris Finney is an attorney, got a review on his Google Business profile from an opposing witness in a trial. Oh, that's right. The opposing witness. And the opposed, the, so the, opposing, the, the witness. opposing witness, the opposing witness, you know, tongue in cheek, said, you know, I don't know these lawyers, and we might differ ideologically. But they gave everybody in the courtroom fruit snacks and water bottles. And I just gotta tell you, I am now enamored by all of this and you know he called it uh chris calls it out on linkedin you know it's some of this is tongue-in-cheek but it goes to show you you know and he mentions this is like if you think about people and you treat people with respect you never know where it's going to lead and, and in this particular case not only did he get the review and you might laugh about it and say well, that's not a real review whatever but the buzz around this on linkedin itself uh you know this yeah. last time i checked it was you know, over twenty plus comments and lots of em- engagement. That's the, those are the kind of stories that are just for for me. Like that's what it's all about. So nice job, Chris Finney. And by the way,
1: in Google's eyes, this is a legitimate review. This is how someone treated you, right? Whether or not right. he was on the other side, like immaterial in Google's eyes. So don't ever forget that. I actually reached out to Chris, and he wrote back to me. He said. Hey, thanks, Conrad. It was all we had, and he said he was hungry, so, right? Like, (laughs) what else are you going to do? He's just a good guy handing out fruit snacks, right? Look what it turns into. Um, Yeah, Super funny. All right, this is our longest news segment we've ever done. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, a preview of ABA Tech Show Sessions from Conrad and Guy.
0: Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads, CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite
1: CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable
0: hour page at legaltalknetwork.com. We'll see you there. Welcome back. So as we said at the outset, we are 13 days away from ABA Tech Show in Chicago, March 1st through 4th, Conrad and I's in-person meeting. And if you're there, we'd love to hear from you. But we did want to give folks a little preview of what we'll be talking about at Tech Show. And if you're going to be there, maybe a pitch for why you should come to our sessions. And if you're not currently planning to come, a pitch to come. So Conrad, what are you talking about? What the heck are you talking about at Tech Show this year?
1: So one of my favorite things that I've worked on from the beginning of my kind of game in the legal world is positioning. Branding and positioning, and positioning and messaging more importantly than branding. I think a lot of you get stuck on this. Branding is just a logo and colors and type font, right? But it's really messaging and positioning. Why you like uh, most lawyers? We've talked about the poor ad nauseum on this on the podcast. Most of you go out of your way to identify yourself as being a lawyer, and that is what you think your branding positioning is, but it's not. And so I am working with Ruki Tajani, who we have spoken about numerous times on this podcast. She is, and I, and and I'll give away the the initial slide. She is a black female trademark attorney. And her branding and positioning is, I am what a trademark attorney looks like, which is outstandingly effective. But we're going to go into a variety of examples of where lawyers have gone out of their way to not try and convince their audience that they're just someone who happens to have a law degree, but they're actually a person behind that law degree. Awesome. Looking forward to that
0: one. Uh, You and I are also speaking together on March 3rd, I believe. And the title of our session is Marketing as a Team Sport. But why don't you talk to me about what you envision this session to be?
1: Yeah, so we touched on this very lightly the other day that some law firms are really leaning into becoming media companies. And one of the ways to do that is really, especially with social, we've talked about our social before as well, leveraging the power of the network effect of social. The way to do that is through deep relationships and partnerships with people who already have that reach. And so you you amplify your reach by doing this. So that's kind of the external partners. I think the internal partners conversation is really evolving recently. Should we have in-house staff? Should we be. we partnering with an agency? Who should we be working with to actually run our marketing? I think that has evolved tremendously over the last three or four years, maybe three years, Guy, where as law firms get increasingly sophisticated, we start to see how these work. And I think what you'll get from Guy and Conrad is who, if you're going to do work internally, what are the right roles for that? And if you're going to do work, marketing work externally, who are the right people to do that as well, right? And I think I think diff- there are different perspectives and different approaches for different firms. Awesome. So, Guy, you're also covering upcoming trends with Allison from Legal Ease Consulting. Talk about that.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a great session. You know, the Law Practice Division and Legal Technology Resource Center does a lot of great surveying of their membership. And so... You get to see where lawyers, at least that are the survey respondents, where they're focusing their activities, the channels that are underutilized. Uh, so a real data-informed trending session that we're going to use to kick off the marketing track. So um, be sure not to miss that one. And finally, a place
1: you and I have both been playing in quite actively over the last 12 months, Brand Acceleration with LinkedIn, Guy. What are, you, what are we going to be talking about there? Because I, I think this is really, really pertinent right now.
0: Yeah, we're gonna go everything LinkedIn profile creation, content creation, engagement, short form video, all the things that can help you stand out on LinkedIn. I mean, you know, we're we're probably a little bit behind the power curve of like the adoption of LinkedIn. I think it's catching up, but in terms of business intent, professional network, lawyer to lawyer referrals, uh, and all the other things that LinkedIn does, it's to me, it's been the most powerful from a intent based social network. Now, you know, look, TikTok and Facebook have the users, but LinkedIn's got that business and professional yeah. connection intent, and it is really, really powerful. So we're gonna go deep on that.
1: Yeah. I think it's great. Super, super, super important for almost all lawyers. And you know, my my love affair with LinkedIn for lawyers came early, early on. It's frequently that winner in name search. Right, and so there's an SEO element to this right. in a big, big way. If you don't think linked is important, you are missing
0: the boat here. So, if you're going to be in Chicago for ABA Tech Show, please do seek Conrad and I out. We love talking marketing. If you got questions or just want to say hello, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're not currently going to tech show, please consider joining us in Chicago. It's going to be a great show. All right, we're gonna take a break.
1: When we come back. We're going to go over a great reaction to our previous episode. Someone was mad that we were half an hour late in posting, which is great. Both of us heard about it. And then I'm going to make Gee's head explode by using the word expensive. Gee, are Google ads too expensive?
0: So if you've been listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing for any time now, you know that we love to call out reactions to the show. And we got some great ones this week. You know, I'm biased, of course, but we had a great show last episode. Uh, so <laughs> here's, I received this message in Twitter. I sent this also to Conrad, but where is today's Lunch Hour Legal Marketing podcast? It hasn't dropped yet. Are you still doing them on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month? I love your news oriented format. I mean, thank you so much that you are so eager to get the episode drop. You notice when we're late. And we, are so, we apologize for being late. That was Conrad's fault. That was Conrad's fault. <laughs> <laughs> also from Sean Ham, great podcast episode this week. Thank you for putting all that out there. I mean, honestly, I got to give the gratitude to our listener who did a really nice job of and was uh, very, you know, in some ways vulnerable to be able to share that story. But uh, again, so valuable to all of the listeners to hear what's going on. That's what we think Lunch Hour Legal Marketing is all about. And so thank you so much. Yeah. And as always, if you've got something you want to hear us talk about, you got an issue, you got a question, you got a some kind of marketing problem, let's talk it out. Hashtag LHLM, submit feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. Lie down
1: on the couch, take a deep breath, ask your question, and let Guy and Conrad go off. Speaking of letting Guy and Conrad go off, I'm going to make Guy angry right now because it happened in the pre-production meeting. Guy, the CallRail report for 2023 came out. 97% of lawyers said that Google Ads are too expensive. I just grabbed this. Is I put this on Facebook a couple of days ago. This was an ad from someone else selling something else to lawyers that says Google charges law firms five to three hundred dollars for a click. Pay per click is too expensive. Uh, law firms need hundreds of clicks on their ads to get a client. It's costing the industry too much. Pay per click. Is too expensive. Gee, is Google's pay per click too expensive?
0: Sure. No, I. You know the reason I got so animated and emotional about this in the pre show is this came up in another lawyer Facebook group, and it's a, this question comes up all the time. Stuff's too expensive. SEO's too expensive. I can't believe you're paying that for SEO. I can't believe you're paying that for this. And then, of course, all the consultants jump in there and they're like, oh, I can do it for cheaper and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's just it's just it's it's all the wrong questions. It's too expensive in the context of what? If you pay a hundred dollars for a click that generates a million dollar fee, is that too expensive? Plus, by the way, everybody doesn't pay the same thing. This idea that like, oh, what's your cost per click? Well, it's $100 for truck accident lawyer. No, it's not. Maybe yours is, but not everybody's is. There's quality scores. uh, There's ad rank. There's all these factors that go into how much you're paying per click. And by the way, lawyers who are having this conversation, asking these questions, ask it of yourself. $3,000 for uh, legal representation. That's way too expensive. Well, in the context of what? In the context of my freedom? in the context of being able to recover for a lifetime of injuries. You're taking a third of my recovery and your personal injury fee? That's, that's outrageous. No, it isn't, right? It's the value of what you're getting. So again, ask better questions. Is it maybe too expensive for your firm? Especially if you're super selective. I mean, if you're broad matching lawyer and you're only taking highly selective, high value, very niche types of cases. Well, yes, it probably isn't going to work. It probably and, and is it, it's not too go ahead all right I'm, so
1: you you got very tactical you got very tactical right there. Why is that not going to work? Let's get into that
0: because you're you're going to pay for a whole bunch of clicks that have nothing to do with generating the types of clients that you want. And so again, it's not that ads Google ads is too expensive or SEO is too expensive. It's only expensive in the context of its value to your practice. so, Instead of focusing on, oh, this this is a high, this cost per clicks way too high. Focus on like, all right, you know, let's work backwards. What's the target average value of a fee for your firm? What's the target cost per consultation? What's the target cost per qualified attorney lead or whatever you want to call it? And then work your way back to here's how much we can pay to acquire that. And here's how much of that's going to be a media fee. Here's how much that's going to be my consultant's fee. Here's how much it's going to be if I'm going to do it myself that it, you know, put your own time into the formula. You know, I charge I usually bill $600 an hour. So for every hour that I spent on Google Ads, that's $600 of me spending on Google Ads. Think about it in the context of if you hire a full-time person to do it for you. Hey, my Google Ads manager in my firm makes this a year. That's got to be factored into your target cost per acquisition. And again, this is a very unsophisticated way to do this. You know, there's obviously more sophisticated ways to calculate target cost per, especially across multi-channel and all this stuff. But, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the conversations we'd have early on when lawyers would be like, "Cloud computing, we can't do cloud computing." It's like for you're asking all the wrong questions. It's not about its expense, it's about tying it to business metrics. I love getting you angry because it makes the show better, man. Let me give two
1: really tactical and very real examples of where spending less is actually really expensive. These are two very real examples that I'm dealing with right now. We are talking to a law firm right now about doing work with them. They are a personal injury firm in three different states, smaller states, but they have a profile across three different states. And the bids that we are going up against are in the four to $7,000 per month retainer for SEO. That is the most expensive money. And we, and we are well north of that. But the most expensive money they can spend right now is to spend $4,000 a month on a game that they are never going to win, okay? And so this is an example. I'm gonna give another example in a different channel, but this is an example of where trying to be Money conscious is actually from an expense perspective, a really, really bad idea because they're never going to win with that budget. I can't win with that budget and neither can they. Let me give another example. One of the, and Guy, I'm I'm sure you see this or hear this regularly from law firms. The and, and this 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 came up in the in the PPC number. Yeah, so this is this is the ad that I read, you know, showing up for the top for divorce lawyer near me search can cost up to thirty dollars per click. The keyword phrase car accident lawyer is fifty dollars. By the way, if you're getting uh, clicks at $50 and you can't turn those into profitable clients, you're doing a lot of other things wrong, right? A lot of other things wrong. But one of the things that we often see is a desire by PPC vendors to drop the pay-per-click numbers, right? We used to be, you know, $87 per click and now we're $70 per click, but you're not bidding on high converting terms anymore, right, so it's not about the click, it's about the consultation. This is why you specifically said, "gee, it's about the cost per consultation. So in many cases, we'll actually deliberately drive up the cost per click, right, more expensive, but from a conversion perspective, it's actually more effective and that's what you wanna get, actually get into. And so if you guys start kind of pulling your hair out about these ridiculous cost per click numbers, well, it's the wrong metric. You're looking so far up the journey of that prospective client that you're not really thinking about what matters to you, which is your cost per consultation and ideally cost per client. Another way I look at the word expensive when we talk about cost per client is your time. So put differently, if your cost per client is 20%, that means you work on Monday for your marketing apparatus, right? Whether that's money spent on Google, SEO vendors like Conrad and Gee, your reporting, your internal staff, like that is the the reality is you're going to work to pay for those things on Monday and you're working for yourself the remaining days. So, I get that no one wants to go to work on Monday to fund their growth. But if you're a growing company, that is the investment that you're going to need to put in in order to make this happen because Bluntly, the clients come from these more expensive, where it costs to actually win channels, right? And you can hate that. That doesn't change the game.
0: And do, and you know, to your point, don't misunderstand my rant. I mean, there are plenty of firms that are at a stage or a, a position or a model that Google Ads is the least effective way for them to spend advertising dollars. So I'm not saying it's for everybody. I'm just saying, start asking better questions, folks. It's not about the expense of the click. (laughs) That's not the, it's part, that's part of it. It's not fair to say it's nothing. It's part of the analysis. But, you know, again, work backwards from target clients, fees, the volume. And that's the other thing too. You know, if you only need, if your whole firm is supported by like one or two really high value clients, and that's the way you like to practice, good for you. Don't go bidding on injury lawyer and then turning away ninety-nine out of a hundred actually qualified leads because you don't do you don't have a volume style practice, right? You know, we see this all, you know, my well, my cost per acquisition is like really high. Well, it's like, well, again, are you turning away all of these potential clients that you're actually buying their attention? Cause remember, that's what you're doing. You're with ads, you're buying their attention. You know, it's the same thing across all these channels. You know, no, none of it, you know. That's the other one I love too, because it's like the opposite. Well, SEO is free. You just post stuff, and Google picks it up, and you start ranking, and then the phone starts ringing. It's like, oh yeah, it's totally free. It doesn't take you any time to actually right. create a page, let alone a page that's actually going to rank or attract links or get shared or convert or do all the other things that's got to happen. So anyway, I don't know. We get it's look. I think that my rant here is got to ask better questions, and I'm going to hold you accountable, people on Facebook, because I watch you ask these questions. And I'm not going to call you out because I'm sympathetic. This can be complicated, but got to dig a little deeper. Well, I, th- I think you and I want
1: to s- stay with Google Ads because I think the the Google Ads continuously gets the rap about being too expensive. But you you I think you very astutely called out some firms don't need Google Ads at all because they have a bunch of marketing channels that are working extremely well for them. And frankly, the cost per client on those other marketing channels is better, right? Right. Google Ads cost per client tends to be higher than most other channels. Yeah. That is a reality, as all of you guys have gotten into that game. But there are a couple real, real truths here. Generating clients from more cost-effective marketing channels typically takes a long time for that flywheel to actually happen. You get the referrals from reputation. You do dark social, which takes a long time to pull out. You do organic search, which takes a long time to work. You're running billboards, which take a long time to work, right? The other part, the other reality is a significant portion of the market is going to hire a lawyer through Google ads. And if you ignore that portion of the market, you are definitionally retarding your growth. That may be 100% okay with you, or it may not be. But if you're ignoring that channel, your market size, your opportunity, constricts by definition. Those
0: are the numbers. You can hate the player, don't hate the game. Yeah, you also just reminded me of something else that gets me so fired up, Oh-ho! which is... here we go. The, the expense, we're, we're talking about direct response paid search ads here, right? We're talking about last touch attribution, direct response paid search ads. There's all sorts of other ways to buy Google media than just direct response paid search ads. And so again, like... You know, we, we see this all the time. Google doesn't work. Google's broke. Well, Google seems to be, you know, in light of recent issues, Google's been doing just fine. Um, <laughs> so th- the point is, is that advertisers are buying Google Media and they're buying it in more sophisticated ways. And so again, Google makes it really easy for you to open an ads account up, bid on a keyword and pay-per-click. They, that's all they care about. That's their one trick pony. They don't really have, Is as- they're getting better, I would argue. And, you know, some of the, movement into performance max campaigns and some other stuff like they're trying to move it to a better performance driven model but again that's why there's a whole industry of people that try to help manage ads because it's not as simple as like oh i'm gonna open an ads account and bid on on keywords and and, and to, anyway the thing that you said that really struck me is it's the same thing about billboards billboards and tv and super bowl commercials that stuff's all super expensive but guess what if you're embedding your name in someone's head so that when they need you, they think of you, what's the cost per acquisition there, right? I mean, right. what's the co- what, how, what are you measuring? Are you measuring my name showing up in your head at the key moment? That's extremely valuable. Right, right. And those
1: players who are Building that brand awareness, or spending a ton, of, and or spending a ton of money on that. So you you've got the brand awareness, brand affinity, which is that long time recognition, and then you have that direct response, which is that short term need, right? The firms that are doing better with things that cost a lot, right? So whether it's billboards or Google pay per click, have two things in common. Number one, by and large, they do volume right? Because they are willing to take on more types of cases, which drop, this is just pure, simple, simple pre-algebra. The more cases you accept, the lower your cost per client for that same spend, period. And the second thing that they have in common, and this goes right to this, is they are very, very efficient and very, very good at converting those inbound inquiries into clients. So they're less picky and they're really good at that entire process. Because the amount of time, money, expense needed to generate those inbounds, whether it's direct response or brand awareness, brand affinity, is very high. And so for that to pay off, you need to figure out how to do volume. It's really hard to do volume. Brand like brand awareness for a very, very specific niche where it's hard to target that audience, really difficult because you're so picky. The pickier the lawyer, the harder it is to make all this work.
0: And by the way, if you're going to be picky, the other thing a lot of these firms do is they've got referral networks. So cases that they can't take, they refer those cases out and recoup their ad costs for that referral. Yep. Finance your advertising with referral fees, baby. All right. You still mad? You come down a little bit? Well, we'll see. We've got to stop thinking like this. I mean, again, it's we've come a long way. we got a long way to go. Fair
1: enough.
0: Fair enough. Well, with that, I will leave you on a happy note that I am grateful for your listening. If you just landed here, please do subscribe on your favorite podcasting thingamabob, And check us out on YouTube because we have hilarious outtakes and non-hilarious outtakes and other clips. And if you're going to be in Chicago, please do say hello. If you're a listener, it really does make our day. Thanks so much. Until next time, Conrad and Gee for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Money makes so It makes so. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing.
1: If you'd like more information about what you heard today,
0: please visit
1: LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts
0: and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Super cringy. Cringy.
1: <laughs> Cringe <laughs> alert. Um, Amazing. Outtakes. I am so glad we're not doing this show live. Are you looking for a podcast that was created for new solos? Then join me, Adriana Linaris, each month on the new solo podcast. We talk to lawyers who have built their own successful practices and share their insights to help you grow yours. You can find new solo on the Legal Talk Network or anywhere you get your podcasts.